Should I eat breakfast? Is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Do carbs make me fat? How much protein should I eat? What's the best way to burn fat off my abs? How do I get big shoulders? How do I get big calf muscles? How many days a week should I exercise? How many reps and sets should I do? What are the best exercises to uh, turn your body into a fat burning machine? How often should I sleep? How many hours of sleep should I get? How much water should I drink? What's the best diet I should go on to get my body into great shape? Should I be an intermittent faster? Should I go on the ketosis diet? Should I go on the no carb, uh, high protein diet? What should I do to get my body into great shape? Whoa, <laughs> great questions. And if you are an exercise professional, if you're a personal exercise coach, if you're a personal trainer, a, a gym instructor, you teach boot camps, you're a group exercise instructor, you're a person who looks great and people say to you, what should I do in relationship to food and exercise? How do you answer those questions and how do you stay away from the argument, the awkward conversations, the confrontation, the embarrassment of offending somebody? Uh, what do you do to make sure that when you answer questions like that, you answer them respectfully with style and class? Great question. Whoa. <laughs> First of all, when I ask those questions, is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Do carbs make me fat? What's the best exercise to burn fat off my abs? How many times a week should I exercise? As I ask those questions, do you come up with an answer? And if you are an exercise professional or if you have been giving advice about food and exercise, is it possible that your, your brain is already or has already gone into the process of formatting an answer? Go back, uh, when did we uh, learn how to answer questions? And is it possible that from the youngest age when we first started to talk, our parents or whoever taught us how to talk said, when somebody asks you a question, you need to answer the question. So we've been brought up our whole lives, and for somebody like me, that's a really long time, where if somebody asks you a question, you should answer their question. There's a small challenge with that, though. Why did the person ask you the question? And is it possible that if you give your answer, your advice, you respond, that you could offend them, hurt them, make them angry, create a confrontational experience? I don't like those, how about you? I don't want to offend anybody, I don't want to hurt anybody. And I don't want to get into an argument with anybody. I only have 24 hours in my day, just like you do. <laughs> and I am absolutely committed, I'm sure, like you are, to helping people to be healthy, fit and strong and have great quality of life. My favorite expression, live young and strong for long. But I don't want to convince people against their will. And is it possible that there are people who have strong beliefs and convictions about how you should eat and exercise and is it possible that if they ask you a question, it's not necessarily that they want an answer to that question, they would just like to have a conversation or perhaps deliver their opinion to you. And I'll use that as a simple example. Have you, has anybody ever asked you your advice or for your opinion? And before you know it, there's some kind of confrontation happening. It might be an argument or a loud discussion or they're disagreeing with you, which means if they're disagreeing with you, they had an opinion. So could it be a really good idea if you don't want to waste your time, <laughs> if you're really uh, committed to helping people, find out who needs your help versus people that just want to have an argument or just pass the time discussing things. You might want to do that, that's good fun, but you might not have the time. So one of the most special gifts that has ever been given me as an exercise professional is this. Great question. Why did you ask me that question? 
So if somebody says, Rowie, is it important to eat breakfast? Is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Great question. Why did you ask me that question? Rowie, are sit-ups the best exercise for your abdominals? Great question. Why did you ask me that question? The ketosis diet, what do you think about that, Rowie? Great question. Why did you ask me the question? And I'm not going to use percentages because uh, I don't know the exact percentage. But in my personal experience, having been given that beautiful gift of why did you ask me the question, every time I've asked somebody, why did you ask me that question, which is all the time now, the reason that I thought they asked me the question, which is they wanted an answer to the question, which seems logical when somebody asks you a question, it's turned out to be exactly the opposite. They didn't want to ask me a question. <laughs> they wanted to give me their opinion or their advice, or they wanted to tell me what they think. And that's awesome if you have time for that. But I always like to find out at the beginning, just in case uh, I'm assuming, and as, as we know, it's a really silly idea to assume what somebody else believes, what they think, or what they're going to tell you. Uh, could it be a really good idea to ask? So the first part of delivering advice, uh, answering questions, the most hot topic controversial questions, you have every right to have an opinion. I have every right to have an opinion. We can have a belief and a conviction if we want to. Of course we can. But is it possible that the other person that is right there now asking us a question, they too may have a very strong belief, conviction, opinion, but it might be different to ours. And if you want to get into the argument, awesome. But if you don't, could it be a really good idea to ask, why did you ask me the question? Now, if you disagree with the person, the next part of this is, does it matter? <laughs> I can't put it any other way. If you believe in being a vegan vegetarian and this is a carnivore, do you want to convince this person that they should be a vegan vegetarian? And if the answer is yes, I'm going to ask why. Because is it possible that the, the carnivore is absolutely wanting to convince you as a vegan vegetarian that you should be a carnivore? And is it possible that a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still? I was taught that a very long time ago. Uh, they're two very opposing opinions, and my question would be, why do you want the other person to change? Now, if you are an exercise professional who genuinely cares about people and you want to help people to be healthy, fit, and strong, and you want to give them the best advice possible... Uh, if you try and argue with somebody, if you try and disagree with them, if you uh, fight with them, is it possible that you'll never be able to help them anyway because they will either just walk off in a huff or they might swear at you or the conversation just doesn't end nicely. So if you really think the person's wrong, what, what and how are the ways to get them to change their mind? But my first question is always this, why do you want to? If somebody has a very strong opinion about their way to eat and their way to exercise, I always ask these four questions very respectfully. So thank you for, or start at the beginning, Rowie, uh, do carbs make me fat? Great question. Why did you ask me that question? Well, I think that carbs make you fat. Tell me about that. And there's three questions I always ask there. Tell me about that. Is it important to you and why do you believe that? And not sarcastically, not angrily, just very respectfully. Tell me about that. Why is that important to you? And how come you believe that? Because I, me talking and giving my opinion 
is it possible that I'm just going to be listening to my opinion so I actually don't learn anything and I certainly won't learn anything about the other person, yeah? But if I ask, tell me about that, why is that important to you and why do you believe that, is it possible that I'll get a much better idea of where they've come to that conclusion or why they have come to that, why they've got that opinion? If I just go into an argument because I want to change their mind, uh, even if I'm right, and here's a great uh, suggestion or question, is it possible that I could be wrong? And I use this example. Uh, I'm studying the human brain and the human body, and I've been doing that ever since I was 13, and I'm now a very chronologically advanced human being. So every single day of my life, all I do is study anatomy and physiology and the connection between the brain and the body. I still don't know anything about that connection. I'm learning more and more every day, but I'm no expert in either of those. I have a general understanding of how the, the human body systems work. So how does the central nervous system fire up the endocrine system, vice versa? How do the muscles and bones get strong? How does the respiratory and cardiovascular system get fit? How does the digestive system work to fuel all of that? How does the immune system work to keep us healthy, fit and strong? I'm learning every day more and more about those things, <coughs> every day. And I would never go into an argument about any of those. I've never been inside the body. <laughs> I'm only listening to and analyzing and thinking for myself about the information that I'm given about all of those body systems. Now, the interesting thing about that is endocrinologists, for example, the hormonal experts, they have opposing views. So one professor of endocrinology will argue with another professor of endocrinology and they have completely opposing views of how the endocrine system makes us fat or doesn't make us fat. For example, uh, there are head doctors, brain surgeons, neuroscientists who argue about how the central nervous system works and they literally have opposing views. The only ones that tend not to argue are the anatomists. That doesn't change too much and the physiology doesn't change too much. But there is a fair bit of argument even about physiology, but anatomy, no one's gonna suggest that yes, in five years time, everyone's gonna have seven hearts, not just one. And yes, there are four quadriceps, but we're soon gonna have 17. There doesn't seem to be an argument there. So here's a great place to start. If you, if you have an opinion, or if you want people to believe your opinion, or if you want people to accept what you say as being the truth, as a fact, could it be a really good idea perhaps to study the fundamentals that nobody can argue with? So if you get a really good understanding of what the body's made of, so you understand anatomy, and when I say understand, not just, uh, yeah, that's the endocrine system and that's the central nervous system and that's the digestive system and, and that's the brain and that's the gluteus maximus and that's the tibialis anterior. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. How do they actually work together? As it, How does the human body work together to help us to get fit and strong. And that's a combination of anatomy and physiology. But could it be a really good idea to understand your anatomy at a reasonable in-depth level, particularly if you're an exercise professional or you're giving advice about food and exercise, so at least you can come from a reasonably high place. One of the big challenges of somebody sharing their opinion with you about how to eat and how to exercise, uh, if they don't understand their anatomy, or they even if they don't, as simple as they don't know their anatomy, some people know the names of the muscles and bones, but they don't know how they work together, which of course is physiology. Uh, I'm not particularly, I find, and I'll use a different example. If if I go to talk to my mechanic and my, my mechanic has an opinion about the car, 
I don't argue with the mechanic because I hope that my mechanic has a really good understanding of how the anatomy of a car works and how the physiology of a car works. But if he wants to charge me $10,000 to fix my car, I'm probably gonna get another opinion because what if he doesn't know what he's talking about? He might have a good understanding of engines in general, but not the understanding of my particular engine, which might be a, a car that he's never worked on before. And that's my uh, interesting question about, if you're going to go into an argument, I'll give another example. Uh, if you're a really good martial artist, if you're a good kickboxer, if you're a good boxer, if you're a really good fighter, Every, and I've never fought, so I can't come from, I'm not, I don't have an opinion on, on who I should fight with. But every person I've ever asked, and every uh, martial artist that I've ever had the pleasure of, of asking questions of, I've always said this, nobody wants to fight with somebody who's not as good as they are. Anybody who's really good at fighting wants to fight with somebody who has the skills to fight back. Nobody wants to go in the ring and punch somebody up who can't fight back. Now, it's a, I don't want to fight with anybody, but would it be a really good idea, if you're going to have an opinion about eating and exercise, could it be a really good idea to come from a high place, from a skilled place, from a knowledgeable place, from an experienced place, not just this is my opinion because I read it on social media or I've got McDonald's that worked for me or I lost 30 kilos and this is how I did it so you should do it too. And I use those examples because we tend to take those people seriously, don't we? Well, that person lost 30 kilos or that person has ripped abdominals or that person's been an exercise professional for 30 years. They must know what they're talking about. Could it be a good idea to get another opinion? And or why do you want to change their opinion? If somebody absolutely passionately believes that the best way to burn fat off their abdominals is to stand on their head and spin, uh, the question is probably better this. That worked for them. <laughs> But will it work for you? Are you the person who wants to stand on your head and spin? And I just use that as a silly example. There are lots of opinions that you can get into an argument about, but is it gonna work for you? And that's why I always use that extreme example of vegan vegetarian versus carnivore. Doesn't matter how much you argue with a vegan vegetarian, that's my little puppy dog off to get a drink. If you argue with the carnivore, they're gonna have a really strong opinion for a reason. But my question is, do you want, if you're a vegan veg vegetarian, do you want that carnivore to become a vegan vegetarian? And if yes, why? So it's a really interesting headspace to be in because as an exercise professional, when people ask your advice, there's a couple of things that happen there, I think. One is you want to give your advice because <laughs> you've probably got an answer. The second is it feels good for your ego. Wow, that person trusts me. They believe that I can help them with their challenge. Well, that's why I always ask, why did you ask me that question? Because if the person doesn't want my help, then, then how can I, 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 I can't help them because they actually don't want my help. They just want to give me their opinion. If they do want my help, regardless of what I think is the best way for them to eat and exercise, should I find out why they eat and exercise the way they do at the moment, if at all? A lot of people that don't exercise at all, let's find out why. How's that working for you? Why did you choose not to exercise? Uh, why do you believe that exercise is not the right thing for you rather than you should exercise? I don't want to argue with anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't, don't want to offend anybody. And because there's so much dispute and argument about everything to do with the human body except anatomy, how do I know that I'm right? 
Uh, I always use the example that there's 40 to 50 billion fat cells. Now, I'm taking somebody's word for that because I've never counted them. I don't actually know that. I haven't gone through the process of working that out, and I don't even know how they did work it out. Now, it makes sense to me, and the top experts in the world, it's one of those things that they tend not to disagree on. But me personally, I've never been inside the human body and counted the number of fat cells I have, so I don't really know that that's true. But often people will, will take something like that on board. There's 40 to 50 billion fat cells. Yes, there is. Well, my question is, how do you know that? <laughs> and if that's the basis or the fundamental reason for your argument, then should we know more about it than just, well, somebody told me that it's true, so it must be true. Uh, carbs make you fat. And it's, it's a classic statement now, and it has been for quite a while. My question is always, how did they do that? And why did they do that? And does everybody get fat when they eat carbohydrate? And is it possible to eat carbohydrate and not get fat? I just think that they're important questions to ask rather than arguing my point. And if you believe that carbohydrate makes you fat, should you be able to then come from a, a logical scientific perspective which says, well, Rowan, here's why carbs make you fat. And I would then ask, are there people who eat carbs and don't get fat? Are there people who uh, love to eat carbs and they can't get enough of them and they're and they healthy, fit and strong? I'm going to ask questions like that. Uh, do you have an opinion and have the right to have one? Of course. If you don't have an opinion and you want to learn, and even if you do have an opinion and you want to learn, if you're speaking... <laughs> Uh, is it possible that what's coming out of your mouth is what you already know? And that's one of the things, if I could just give you a special gift that was given me that's added so much value to my life. Before I make a statement about anything, I always ask myself, how can I turn this into a question? Because if you want to avoid confrontation, if you want to avoid argument, if you want to avoid having to defend your opinion, and that seems to be a lot of what happens, particularly in the exercise profession. This is my opinion, and now I'm going to defend it. I believe this is the best exercise, and now I'm going to defend it. I believe this is the best way to eat, and now I'm going to defend it. Well, do you have to? If somebody wants to disagree with you, why do you have to defend your opinion? Why shouldn't they defend theirs? So if I turn it into a question, which is somebody says, Ro, you shouldn't eat breakfast, it's bad for you. So I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad. I'm going to ask, so that's a, that's a great statement you've shared with me. How come you believe that? Where did that information come from? Uh, how's that working for you? And I always ask those very important four questions when somebody gives me information about, particularly about food and exercise. I always ask these four questions. And let's pick the, okay, you're on the intermittent fasting diet. Awesome. Do you have a stack of energy? Are you performing at your best? Do you love what you see in the mirror? And are you getting the results that you want from the intermittent fasting diet? So what, what, what result did you want before you started the diet? So did you want to lose weight? Did you want to get more energy? Did you want to have better quality of life? Did you want to fit in your clothes? Did you want to kick further? Did you want to be able to climb mountains? Whatever it is, is that eating plan giving you the results that you want? And that's where my challenge begins usually. <laughs> And again, I always step back because that can be a very confrontational question because I've noticed that when people preach at me about a certain diet, eating plan, exercise plan, opinion, conviction, when I ask those four questions, it sometimes becomes a very uncomfortable silence. 
uh, and they then have that, it's like the person gets very defensive because they might not be in great shape or they don't have a stack of energy or they're not performing at their best or they're not getting the results that they want but they're still very passionate about their belief. Now that's okay, of course, but I don't want to take on an eating and exercise plan. I'm, not, I'm actually not interested in an eating and exercise plan. I would demand from my eating and exercise plan that it gives me a stack of energy, helps me perform at my best, make sure that I look good in my mirror and gets me the results that I want. And if an eating and exercise plan doesn't give me that, I'm going to change. How about you? <laughs> I don't want to argue that point because it might have worked for them, but if it's not going to work for me, then I don't, I don't want to try something that doesn't work for me. Uh, is it possible that there are plenty of diets that work for some people and not others? Uh, if you look at the pure, and that's why anatomy is so important and why the, the predominant amount of physiology is, is pretty precise. Uh, there's, not too, there's not too much argument <laughs> that if you eat too much and you don't burn it up, you're going to get fatter. Your fat cells will expand regardless of how many of them there are. Uh, there's, there's a fair bit of evidence to show that people who don't do very much and eat too much end up having more fat on their body. So if, if, if that's the fundamental, then if I want to reverse that, what should I do? And here's my favorite question when it comes to people having an opinion about food and exercise. As your own high-performance eating and exercise coach, what advice would you give yourself to get the result that you want? Not my advice. What advice would you give yourself? And that's another one of those beautiful questions where you now get to hear exactly where the person's coming from. And if that person says, I believe that I should eat once every two days, I should only eat green vegetables, I should sleep three hours a day, and I should eat five or drink five litres of water every day, I believe that that's going to give me the best results possible. Even if I don't agree with that, uh, that's what that person believes. So now I ask those great questions, which is, has that worked for you before or is that working for you? How come you believe that? And how, did, and how did you come up with that? Why is that important to you? And if I'm open, and not just open with a, not, <laughs> pretend to be open, but actually have an open mind and listen with open body language. So you actually have to listen, lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, and actively listen. If you do that, is it possible then that you could find out much more about where this person came up with those ideas? And if they share with you, well, I heard that from a social media influencer, or I heard that from my footy coach, or my bus driver told me that they lost 30 kilos and it worked for them, now I've got more information that sometime down the track, if we ever have a conversation and they might be interested in a change, I've got much more, much more information to deal with. Uh, the other really interesting thing is, even if you totally disagree with what the person said, so if you ask... If you were your own high-performance eating and exercise coach, what advice would you give yourself? And they give you a whole list of things that you completely disagree with. You could say, I disagree with that, you're wrong, and have an argument. And then when would that person ever want to have anything to do with you ever again? Versus very quietly and very respectfully, if there was a safer, quicker, better way to get the same result that you want from your eating and exercise plan, is that something that you might want to chat about? Notice what happened to my voice. Voice level drops down, lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, actively listen, and you're asking a question. If there was a safer, quicker, better, easier way to get the results that you want, is that something that you might want to chat about? And if the person's really convicted and they've got a, 
the big strong opinion and they and that. No, I believe what I'm doing is the right thing. Awesome. I don't want to be the person that tries to convince somebody against their will and then they end up of the same opinion still, but they end up hating me in, in the process. I want to make friends with people. I want to build rapport with people. I want to have great communication with people. And how can I do that if I'm disagreeing with them? And it's, of course, I have an opinion. You have an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion about stuff. But when it comes to eating and exercise, my first question is this. Do people have uh, contradicting opinions, controversial opinions that could be different from yours? And if you give them information, you give advice without finding out more about them, could it get you into trouble? Could you offend people? Could you hurt people? Could it be disrespectful? So that's the first one. The next one is if you ask that beautiful question, why did you ask me that question, you'll get more information. And if they're giving you information and it's disagreeing with what you believe, then how about this? How's that working for you? Why do you believe that and is it important to you? Because if it's really important to somebody, then should we find out why? If they believe that and it's a religious belief or it's a moral ethical belief or it's something that they've they've lived their whole life, they're 70 years of age and they've lived that way their whole life, even if you disagree with the way that they've been living, why do you want to change their mind? Then if they're serious about you being their personal exercise coach or their advisor for food and exercise and you ask that great exercise, uh, start again. If you ask that great question, if you were your own high performance eating and exercise coach, what advice would you give yourself? Then you've got much more to work with. And even if you disagree with everything that they say, what a beautiful question. If there was a safer, quicker, better, easier way to get the results that you want, is that something that you'd like to chat about? And if the answer is no, why would you want to chat? But the, the special tool that you've got in your toolbox are those four questions. So you're on the Uh, eat uh, peanut butter and uh, cheese diet. I just made that up. Do you have a stack of energy? Are you performing at your best? Are you getting the results that you want? Do you love what you see in the mirror? And if they say yes, could it be a good idea to leave them alone? Obviously, it's working for them. doesn't matter what you say. Whatever they're doing, it's working for them. But if, for example, they're on the peanut butter and cheese diet and they're training with you, they're exercising with you on a weekly basis, in a week's time or a month's time, you can say, hey, how's the peanut butter and cheese diet going for you? Do you still have a stack of energy? Are you still performing at your best? Do you love what you see in the mirror and are you getting the results that you want? And if they say no, that might be an opportunity then to say, so if there was an easier, better, more fun, interesting way to get the results that you want from that you started that particular diet for, is that something you might like to talk about now? The reverse of that might happen (laughs) because you ask that question so beautifully and so respectfully. They might come to you and say, hey, I've been on the peanut butter and cheese diet. It ain't working for me. I don't have any energy. I've put on weight. I don't like what I see in the mirror. I'm not performing at my best. Can you please help me? And then there's another great question, which I use it every single time. Thank you for asking me. Why did you ask me the question? And if there was... If you were your own high-performance eating and exercise coach and that didn't work for you, what advice do you think you'd give yourself? If you want to be the best shape of your life, what advice would you give yourself now, having tried that one and it didn't work for you? If you could have a lifestyle where you never had to diet, 
you were healthy, fit and strong, you ate when you're hungry, you stopped eating when you're full, you enjoyed all the foods that you loved, you never had to be on a diet and you had a body that was a fat burning, food burning, calorie burning, sugar burning, alcohol burning machine, is that something that you'd like to talk about? And if you understand how the body can be a sugar burning, fat burning, calorie burning, sugar burning, alcohol burning machine, then maybe that's when you can deliver information. But I'll go one step further. Is it possible that if we ask people questions and get them to answer their own questions in a positive way, they're more likely to believe themselves than if I just come along and tell them what to do? And that seems to be the thing in the exercise profession that gets us into the biggest trouble, that causes the most argument, and people get so annoyed with what we do because we're so opinionated. Eat this, don't eat that. Can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have. This is the way you should exercise. This is the way you shouldn't exercise. Believe me, I'm the expert. And that's all fine and wonderful, but what if a different expert comes along that gives them different information? Now they have to decide which one they're going to believe. What if you were the expert that gave them both sides of the story? So you've asked me, is it good to eat carbohydrate? Well, it's a great question you've asked me. How come you've asked me that question? Oh, because I want to lose weight and my friend's on the vegan diet and they're losing weight. Awesome. So let's have a look at what the vegans do. Let's have a look at what the carnivores do. Let's have a look at everything in between and let's work out what's going to work best for you. And there's that beautiful question, what can you stick to for the rest of your life? What's going to be in moderation for you? What's going to be achievable for you? What's going to be realistic for you? What's going to be time efficient for you? What's going to be interesting and enjoyable for you? And what's something that makes sense to you? That's the Smarties principle. And then that person can design their own eating and exercise plan based on Smarties. Yes, I can stick to that for the rest of my life. Yes, that's moderation, achievable and realistic for me. Yes, that's time efficient for me. Yes, that will be interesting and enjoyable for me. And yes, that makes sense to me. Because they came up with that idea rather than you telling them what to do. So here's my last question. When somebody says to you, please give me advice, (laughs) please help me. Does it feel good for your ego? And please say yes, of course it does, yeah. Somebody trusts me with their body so much that they've asked me for my advice and my opinion. But how about this? Before we give it, let's find everything we possibly can about this person so that we can help them in the best way possible. And maybe they don't want our help. Maybe they don't want our advice. Maybe they don't want our opinion. Maybe they just want an opportunity to talk. And as an exercise professional, maybe that's one of the reasons why people will come to you and keep coming to you. Because you're not the person that tells them what to do and you're not the person that tells them what they can't eat and you're not the person that preaches at them and tells them and shows them what to do. You are just genuinely interested in them, you care about them and you work out an eating and exercise plan that will work best for that individual person. So that's what I always ask as an exercise professional, please, should we know how the human body works so that we can get people fit and strong? Should we know how the human body works so we can keep people fit and strong for the rest of their lives? And the third one is, should we treat each person as an individual, unique person that has an opinion, has a conviction, has a belief, find out everything there is to know about them and then customize and tailor their eating and exercise plan to suit them, not to suit us? Could that be a good idea?